Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> what's, what's going on? I guess it is... Uh, it is officially post the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which is when Santa makes his grand appearance for the season. Uh, so that, that ho, ho ho is appropriate. I'm sorry I, I got bristled at that initially, Cullen. I see yeah. the error. I mean, this is a bigger conversation we could have about how you never yes and anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think ever. Never is You're always like, that's not true. <laughs> no. <laughs> you didn't do that. That's I'll, a lie. I like to defend my honor. <laughs> way, way, way too early for Santa. Oh, actually. I immediately corrected myself and owned up to my mistake. And I think, you know, that's all yeah, I want. We'll fix Andy, it in the ever... Yeah, we'll fix it in Yeah, Andy, Andy you have ever... the reaction that you should have had now. Yeah, why don't you ever yes and when we just come in bursting through your windows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a guy screamed ho 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 at you on November 21st. Certainly I will say the you... thing I am expected to yes and is that I am like an arch conservative 90 so, <laughs> so I sometimes do have legitimate objections. I believe an arch conservative 90 year old is a great way to paint you to the listener. <laughs> it's not true. Yeah, you're not nearly that young. This podcast is three TikTok teens and Clint Eastwood. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we got uh, a bit. So, yeah. yeah, we got, right. Uh, it's, it's Shadesgiving. Uh, mm-hmm. Our third annual Shades Giving slash Shorts Giving. It's both. Couldn't you tell? Yeah. Uh, and uh, three of us are currently on camera with Shades right now. And as of a couple weeks ago, as we were starting to, be, to plan this episode, Jesse was dropping in the group DM. Oh, I hope I can find my sunglasses. I don't know. Ooh, we'll see. Uh, and she has not turned on her video yet. And so All we right. are in bated breath with suspense. I've got, uh, wondering yeah, what I've this, got my what, cursor what hovered is. over the thing. I'll go ahead and, uh, let's go. Oh, yeah. What, what do we see? <laughs> we see? I think those are real 3d glasses. No, <laughs> real D. <laughs> you know, I can see <laughs> how they are not going to try uh, and give a few angles there. You're correct that there's something going on. You, it, it looks, looks like, like you're sort of just layers, black right? squares in on front it. of your yeah. glasses. I, so you're wearing yeah. non-prescription yes. sunglasses I did not over find, prescription glasses. Yeah, I did not find <laughs> my sunglasses. I found sunglasses. <laughs> hey. We'll see how long they last. Let's get that screenshot now. <laughs> Who's doing it? <laughs> I don't know how you do it. All right. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Are we ready? Three, two, one. I got it. Great. Excited to share this. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And now, coming <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, okay. They're cumbersome. I see. understand. They, they're not, you know. It's, uh... Is it better for visibility to wear sunglasses under your normal glasses or over your normal glasses? I, don't I think, think you want matters. the first thing to hit is the lens that corrects your vision. Interesting. Yeah, the thing closest to your eyes should oh, be the corrective oh, lenses, yes. I think. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that was that was what I was <coughs> doing, and it was the correct. Yes. I It did not consider me to... I did not consider doing the other thing.
qui est qui est. Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I'm joined by Andy Gramuga, Colin Ashley, Emilio Diaz. I'm doing a lot of shades humor <laughs> for only us. <laughs> yeah. Which I am yes ending. <laughs> Colin just got hit by. Shock! I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know. bad doing a bad job of yesing. Mm-hmm. We don't have a guest, so if you you know, we could put the video out Call for, uh, for uh, without having to get permission for uh, a sufficient level of uh, coffee donation. Sure. All right. Uh, I don't know. Do we want to just get right into? I mean, we should explain what Shadesgiving oh, is yeah. and Shortsgiving specifically. Sure, 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 sure. Sure. This Three years th- ago it started? It's our third annual. Third annual third, Shorts, Shorts yep. slash Shadesgiving. The first um, year. What an awesome thing to think about the time that's passed. Yep. I don't <laughs> you know what we did. Hey, I, 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 I just I had my 16th yeah. Friendsgiving, so I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm on top of the passage of time right now. Yeah, I don't think um, we skipped the episode that first year, the day after Thanksgiving. We just hadn't, it hadn't yeah, been there born. There wasn't, uh, you know, I don't know what it was. Uh, you know. But yeah, we did sh- Shortsgiving. Yep. And then, by just coincidence, that first year we all had sunglasses at the ready. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe and, I had just gotten them. That was—I feel like that was a common occurrence around that time. That like one of someone would just like put on their oh, sunglasses maybe. while we were on the Zoom. Yeah, I want to say yeah. it was Cullen, but I'm not a hundred percent on sure. That. And everyone, uh, I, I, I wear a lot hand. of sunglasses generally. Sure, so right. Of social anxiety. Also, right. And yeah, I don't like <laughs> looking at people in the. Amelia likes to hide the windows. Too to his soul um, <laughs> um and so yeah so i yeah we we were like it's a tough like it's a tough week to like devote time to like watching a lot of stuff so mm-hmm. why not everyone just pick some shorts and we'll talk so why not them. four things <laughs> four little things instead of one big thing yeah um, yeah and so you know, yeah every, everybody's you know. bringing something to the table just like right. uh, yep. in the spirit of giving not not really like how Thanksgiving works, but you know, sometimes that's a Friendsgiving sometimes. for sure. Everybody brings yeah, one thing. Style, yeah. yeah, yeah. I made dip. Shout out to the dip. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, it looks like uh, Roy Anderson brought the turkey. <laughs> These are uh, the can I kick it Thanksgiving <laughs> with f- film God. festival stalwarts. I, yeah, I'm anti like real life fan fiction, but if anyone wants to write fan fiction <laughs> about. Can I get hosting a Thanksgiving meal with a lot of experimental filmmakers? <laughs> Have at it. <laughs> and send it to Andy. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess we did not pre-discuss any, like, order or no. anything. Did, um, yeah. I don't even, I don't, like, have a super clear chronological... Uh, I think I do. When all these came, I guess I think the old I know. Fill in. Yeah, I know. I think I know. Yeah. Just just to round out the conversation, do you want to know <laughs> what we put out on basically this week, our first of year? Of course. Oh yes. yeah, absolutely. I guess I forget which week it was. So it, we either put out Almodovar with Ingu Kang, sure. or we put out the 1994 birthday bash. 
Right. Well, right. we used to do the birthday. That was the first year. I mean, right. we sort of, yeah, a, a peek behind the curtain is the first year we did birthday episodes and picked four feature films each. Yep, that's right. And now we do it once a year and pick four short films. Yep. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Do we. Do we want to do chronological again? Or, or do we want to alter? Like, I guess there's two more, like, experimental and two more straightforward. <laughs> do we want to, like, alternate? Or, like, I don't know. How, how, what are we feeling? Does anyone feel Andy, strongly you go about first. talking for, talking for, do you want me to go first? Yeah. Do you want me to present my, everybody my, my film first? Backwards chronological. That's true. Sure, we sure could. Chronological. Sure. Chronological. <laughs> um, chronological. Yes, so my selection was uh, from this year. It came out this year. Uh, it's uh, Larry Owen's short film, The Gag, which is, uh, it, it seems like, I don't have a super like deep understanding of like what this program is, but I gather it's some sort of like a program from the website Indeed. Yes, that one. Yes, who, like, weren't they, they were showing like spots for this during TIFF, right? Perhaps uh, I know this short film played at Tribeca, um, okay. so like they clearly had a partnership with some film festival of some sort. But essentially, like it's like Indeed is giving out, I, I guess, grants to like early career artists to make short films. And I don't know if there were any sort of like theme or restrictions or anything of what they were supposed to do. But uh, this is a short film that is a it's a short musical. Larry Owens. Um, uh, was the original star of A Strange Loop um, off-Broadway uh, and has, like, has a, has a big cabaret sort of um, nightclub New York City sort of career and has, has been in other things. He's been on Abbott Elementary a few times. Um, so he's sort of an up-and-coming uh, theater artist. Um, and he, uh, he directs this. He wrote, the, wrote and directs. He wrote the songs as well. Uh, and it stars Sherry Renee Scott, uh, as Deanie Myers, who is a um, a, morning, a a daytime talk show host, who um, has a a young starlet on, who um, was is has there's a, a a story in the tabloids about her uh, potentially uh, having um, you know uh, been caught in some back alley with a producer in like a sexually compromising position of some kind. Uh, and so it is a musical, like it's, it is, it's about 15 minutes long, including the credits. Uh, and it's like a lot of short, like punchy musical sort of like, they really like get right to the, the heart of like every idea. It really is very fast moving. Uh, and like it ha- covers a lot of ground. It's definitely the, the plottiest of the things that we're talking about today. Um, there's a lot, you know, they're trying to fit a lot into it. And it definitely does. I would say it feels very much like the, uh, auditioning to make something longer school of, of short films. You know, we've sort of talked about the different uses of short films and the different sort of modes that they can be in. And I think this one definitely falls into sort of that realm. Um, it's got, like, a, a few, like, pretty strong thematic ideas that partially, I think, because it's a short and partially because it's a musical, it, like, basically just outright states them a couple of times um and and yeah and I, I like i uh saw this over the summer just because i was following i follow sherry renee scott on instagram she's one of my favorite uh, musical theater actresses i think she has a really interesting and tremendous voice 
Uh, I'm a big Everyday Rapture fan. Shout out to Everyday Rapture if you're looking for a, a great album, which is not the usual thing that I go for because it is mostly like her singing non-musical theater songs. But I think her versions are are really, really good and really interesting. And, and um, that show was was very meaningful for me back in college. Um, and so I saw I had seen like there was a bunch of behind the scenes stuff and, and on Instagram. And then when the, when it came out, this sort of she and, and, and Larry Owens were also sort of pushing it and driving people to this like website on Indeed for you to go watch it. So I watched it over the summer and like I enjoyed it. I don't think it's like tremendous or like um like my favorite thing i've ever seen but like i think a lot of the music is very fun to listen to and punchy um i think it's um you know it's 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 it it gets ambitious a little bit toward sort of in the middle there and then sort of resolves a little neatly maybe um but but yeah there's like there's a lot to it i think and i and i and i had a great time watching it and especially just listening to it i think it's a lot of fun to listen to um who has thoughts I'm a little nervous. I don't know why. Who wants to go first? I I mean, I did not really get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. You saying that it feels like an audition to make something, it did remind me of like those, here's these students that made a Coke commercial before a movie theater, before a movie. Like, it's, it, it just felt... Uh, it's not that bad. I mean, I, I, I got like... All right. I mean, yeah, someone else can maybe say. I, I don't. I don't have much. It just was just like glazed over my eyes, basically. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it never, it never really hooked me. I don't have any desire to be mean to it. It didn't make me angry, <laughs> but I didn't think any. You know, it's like nothing about it. I thought like worked. Like the songs at just like as songs, I guess were like pretty good, but like. Yeah, I know. but like I listened to a strange loop. The 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 sure. yeah, I mean soundtrack. Yeah, they're not like he, good. They're no, good. I I think that 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 one was good. Oh yeah, like, no, very I, like funny. strange loop is great. I went to see it. Yeah. I'm saying these songs. Sure, I'm not sure. saying he like, didn't oh, write these songs loop, are to be clear. He just starred in it. That's it. oh well yeah, then yeah that it's not Michael R. Jackson. I, what I'm yeah I did like the songs are like they're they're fine. They're fine songs. I didn't have a problem with them uh you know it's just like uh good for him for taking some money for indeed and making something that sure. might help him uh make more stuff i didn't I, I yeah I, I don't have any ill will it yeah. just uh-huh. a- andy andy's summation of it i was like that's a good call it is like very amateurish <laughs> I wouldn't say amateurish. I just I mean, I like it. Just it's not. I wouldn't say that necessarily, but it is like the 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 disconnect between the way that the songs are sung and the onset performance of the actors. I think like could be taken as a like stylistic choice. And I don't necessarily, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I get that, like, based on the budgetary facts of this film, there probably wasn't a chance to, like, get lip syncing perfect. So to kind of go with something a little more, uh, like, make more of a choice like that, in theory, I like, I do not think it aesthetic, this particular employment of that aesthetically works at all. 
uh, but yeah, I'm like, it's fine. And like the, yeah, like the ideas also are all just like, I, there's interesting stuff to dig into and not time enough to dig into it, much less dig into it and like also try to create a specific aesthetical, aesthetic musical language, you know, which is an interesting thing to do but like to do the, you know i don't think there's enough time to necessarily do either of those things yeah it is very rushed yeah i mean right it, it goes and i do think like i don't know like there's the the second section which is like the actual interview or whatever between the two women and then like the ending I'm art, especially, off, I think the one... don't stop recording i will continue sure. recording okay uh Sorry. the yeah, the uh, the the second section where it's the interview between the two the two women, and then the fourth section where it's just sort of like we got to put a button on this and like resolve it, right? Those are the ones that are like the most sort of pat, or like I feel like the ones where it's like, well, we could maybe spend some more time unpacking some of this stuff, but like it's um you know, but we, but we only have so much time and so much resources and all that sort of stuff. I do think the third section where right after she collapses and is sort of in this dream state is definitely the, where it gets to the most interesting and like deepest and like it, where it feels like it's doing the most service to its thematic ideas, where it is just, she's in this like sort of weird netherworld. She looks very glamorous, but is also being shot like upside down and all that, like, and all this stuff. And, uh, and then she is, um, you know, she's, she's singing about like, um, you know, how, how, she she can't change, which I think is like a really interesting sort of thematic statement for that character. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think it like the stuff with that character with the Deanie Myers Myers character in the third section, I think, is like the most promising part of this, and I think there's like it is pretty successful for that moment, and then the rest of it, like I I I, I give a pass for getting by on like me just enjoying the like sure the aesthetic thing that it is which is like mm-hmm. i'm inclined to enjoy anyway yep yeah yep yeah i do agree it just like it's the sort of thing where by the time i'm like oh maybe this is interesting it's like okay now there's 20 seconds left in it right. and it's over yeah. and i'm just like okay um you can feel it like hitting the walls of like whatever like money or form that it's supposed to be taking mm-hmm. yeah i think the songs are all right it obviously has my one of my the few pet peeves i have when watching things which is uh people rhyming dialogue which is just something like a thing i've always been against in all forms to controversial sure okay i don't know i've ever heard this before have have you this is the is this sort of like the uh umbrellas of cherbourg oh yeah also chirai chirai right yeah where I'm just like, this is kind of exhausting and I never like it. Though this is a short, so I didn't find it exhausting. <coughs> yeah. And I sort of got it. But I don't know. I think it's like, yeah, it's just like, it's very, it feels, amateurish isn't the right word for it, but it does feel like not a thing that was made professionally, I guess. I mean, it just doesn't feel like done. It's like a music video. It's it, just doesn't like... feel, it doesn't feel done is sort of the good. It sort of just feels like... Right. It, it feels, right. Like, it feels a, like a, a proof a, of concept, yeah. maybe. Or, yeah. Right. And a proof of concept I mean, it, that, like, like doesn't film. Like, prove just... or not prove the concept. <laughs> yeah. 
even I mean yeah I'm I'm mostly talking about just like the visual quality of it <laughs> beyond like anything of character I just it's so rushed that I you, you just can't mm-hmm. get anything and yeah. It's like, yeah 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 I see the combination I think of that he starts sort to of develop how... a sort of in, uh, uh, you know a, a sort of visual I mean, language as it goes on it's just the like that means that out. it takes him like ten minutes and then yeah. As we keep saying, oh, just like yeah, generic. Like we've seen this sort of thing so many times of like backstage with the crazy like kooky TV host or whatever. Um, but uh, the, the the moment that Andy singled out is the moment where it is like I think the most interesting. That mm-hmm. sort of yeah, and it's like obviously vision. we talked about the antipodes recently and this is almost sort of doing a similar thing of just like writer's room devolving yeah. into like phantasmagorical sense but obviously that is like a very fleshed out thing that takes its time to arrive at what is interesting about it and this does not but I didn't mind that I sort of thought it was like alright it was just like yeah it, it, it sort of scrolled through my in front of my face I, I guess I, I was liking it more than it went on Sure. So it was like, uh-huh. I was like, oh, this sure, this is like two and a half stars, and then it ended. And so I was just like, I guess that's just where I have to give the verdict. <laughs> it is slightly less than all right. Sure. Um, yeah. And I will, yeah, I'll just like, I do love Sherry Renee Scott. I think she's like pretty, like, it's, a, it's it, it is at times a very broad performance, but I think it's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary Testa. Uh, plays like the the main producer lady, and I thought she's always like seeing her. Uh, she doesn't have too much to do other than like impart sort of. I mean, yeah, like at the end. Um, I like when they all go ah. I think that's funny. Um, yeah, there's just like a, a lot of little touches that I enjoy in it. But, uh, I am I'm liking not, like... it less the more I think about it. <laughs> well, I, I keep not trying to be like hating on it because I feel mostly similar to like Emilio and Jesse. It seems where I'm just like. It's not like bad, but it's not g- good. Yeah, it's if just, I like, kept talking, it, it was just, like, I, it, yeah, on. like I don't have any problems with it. But if I kept talking, I would only say more negative things. And I'm also like, just per, like my taste on musicals, I'm very picky, mm-hmm. and like that, the modern musical sound is harder for me sure. to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um. Sometimes. I mean, famously, in a previous Shorts Giving, we had Yard Work is Hard Work, which I think uses a similar modern-y musical style, and Mm -hmm. it works really well for that, I think. But uh, that's just, like, another thing where I'm like, I don't hate it, because it's just, like, not for my liking. But I I didn't like it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would also... There's a... I think... I think it's on Sherry Renee Scott's Instagram. There's a behind, like, at some point in the behind the scenes, uh, he, Larry Owens and someone else did with Sherry Renee Scott some choreography from Everyday Rapture that was uh, a lot of fun for me to see them doing uh, as an Everyday Rapture stand. So I would also, yeah, just anyone who, like, sees this and is like, oh, Sherry Renee Scott has an interesting voice. I'd like to hear her sing maybe more songs that I'm somewhat familiar with. Uh, Check out Everyday Rapture, uh, which I think is well worth listening to. She sings some Mr. Rogers songs. She sings uh, The Weight. She sings... Uh, By the band? Yep. Whoa. Great what song. is... I guess I don't know what this is. It's like a... It's a weird sort of like one woman, but with like backup singers, sort of like a uh, show storytelling musical hybrid. Um, it's hard to describe, but uh, it was... I, you know, she did it in like the late 
two thousands, uh, and it was uh, it played off Broadway, and then it came in last minute to a Broadway transfer when another show fell through, uh, and so um, yeah, it's just a show that I I saw and like got a lot out of uh, back in in my in my early twenties, uh, you know. Uh, so anyway. Um, sure. If I if I have no other other thing to shout out on the on this segment, uh, I want I want to shout out that and, and and draw people's attention to it. Sure. I think next up would be tourism. Yep. Yeah, 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 tourism studies. studies. Joshua again Salons's 2019 film, uh, which it looks like premiered at Locarno. There's there's not a ton of release information on uh uh imdb nor does he like uh i i know that it played at tiff and is that's not listed nor is there a ton on his website uh though this film as well as a bunch of his others are on his vimeo he does just kind of throw stuff up which is nice uh but yeah joshua again salons who uh, I talked some about his uh, mid-length feature, We Don't Talk Like We Used To, which was in one of the Wavelengths programs this year. Is that the one of the ones you saw, Emilio? I was trying to remember which one I saw. I didn't check. This, is, this was this um, year. So, no. I saw the one last year. Oh, yeah. Last uh, year, we, yeah, we had a screener of the one he did last year, Northeast Corridor. No. I was only at Wavelength 3. Okay. I was not at the one with the Joshua Dance along. Okay, yeah. Uh so yeah. And then this this was the thing before uh Northeast Corridor. Uh which uh yeah, it, you know, was like definitely was at all of uh Locarno, TIFF, and New York in the final year of projections before it was deprecated for currents. Uh, played in a short film section with uh, a number of people who uh, also had films at TIFF this year, including, uh, or at New York this year, including Simon Liu, who uh, also had a film that played in the same program as uh, Salanzas. And then uh, uh, Simon Liu was talking about how uh, some of the film uh, this year was shot on film that he had borrowed and from him and then never paid him back for which was funny mm-hmm. uh but anyway that so they you know it it you know it's uh filmmakers who have been friends working together uh in the same spaces for a while uh but anyway so this film tourism studies uh i'll just read from the new york film festival description of it uh rather than try to summarize what it is uh which is a it says it is a selection of still and moving images captured in over half a dozen locations uh across around the globe have been transformed into a bracing rapidly unfolding cinematic travelogue in joshua gensalans's lyrical film which finds unexpected parallels and echoes among its far-flung locales. Which is, you know, yeah. that that's, you know, it it is it's very right. flickery. It's uh it sure is. A lot of it is just going between uh two different images uh often with those images in different orientations, which is 
I think a very that that is I think what what feels most effective to me, especially the ones that have human figures in them. The way that that kind of contorts them into this and that mm-hmm. that's something with uh, an older film of his that I watched last night as well, uh, Luna A. Santour, I believe. Uh, that that I think that. The flickering, which is some in, uh, we don't talk like we used to, but a little less, uh, the sort of, I, I, you know, I, I, I have said many times on this podcast that just, like, anything that has a bunch of flicker in it, I'm just gonna, like, think looks interesting and like watching, uh, but I think he is particularly, I like the way that he, like, uses it to, like, contort the images that he is using rather than just be like uh sort of using it for its own effect which it also does and sort of like brushing up against sort of borders of like what uh constant what makes something look like flicker and what makes something just be fast cutting uh, and the, you know, the uses of sometimes thing, as it says, sometimes images that are moving, sometimes still images. Uh, I, you know, I just think it's very cool. I like, I like him a lot. Yeah. This one's awesome. It, uh, looks so good. The movement of it is so impressive. The way that you're talking about the flicker and how there's, uh, early on, there's like one of the images that it's cutting between is this like rotating spiral of like a circle of itself. It's just like this radial movement. And it's uh, the, the image of like these go-kart tracks that it aligns with feels like the go-kart is like spinning around like the, yeah. the, the way that the, the images like blend together as it's being flicked between is really so good. And also the way that it uses just like the diegetic sound of the environment uh-huh. and how that creates like the soundtrack of it is so it was just very, very... I remember living uh, Northeast Corridor, and then, like, yeah. seeing this, I was just like, yeah, this is just awesome. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, another thing is that I think it just, like, becomes pretty obvious engaging with his work that, like, he is a very thoughtful, interesting, clever, funny guy, the little bit of voiceover that I'm pretty sure yes. is him at the beginning of this, talking about yeah. uh, a dream is very funny. Uh, yes. He has uh, the other other film of his that I watched last night. Just kind of looking at his stuff is called uh, "Against Landscape," which ends up being a pun, but also I think is uh, a you know an interesting film. Michael Sosinski wrote about uh, his career in general uh, after uh, for Cinemascope this year in the context of "We Don't Talk Like We Used To," and that's a great piece talking about his stuff and the sort of dual uh influences of like uh like Paul Sheritz and like very specific uh uh experimental film doing stuff with the structure of film and then also like sort of performance art uh that you know like uh uh, against landscape is just like a film performance uh in like a chris burden kind of way uh and yeah i think he is uh th- this is where you kind of see those two things start to really come together i think uh yeah i mean i liked it uh 
agree with Colin. I, I sort of got stuck on the sort of rotational aspect of just having sort of mirrored images flickering yeah. sort of gives it the appearance of it sort of rotating, which exists in a sort of conversation with how it's like a travel log and how it keeps moving and the sort of images it finds. One of the last images it flickers is like this sheet, this music sheet for this Bach piece. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Two-part invention number eight, which I decided to listen to <laughs> afterwards just to see if I got anything from it. And I think I maybe got something about it. There is something maybe in, in the conversation with how it like that piece, it, there's sort of a repetition to it, but mm. there's also sort of like a movement to it. And that's sort of the like weird balance that flickeriness exists in of just like, is this presenting motion or is this presenting staticism? Yeah, uh, that's the like, I, I don't know a ton about Bach. I read the part of the, the Go to Lesher Bach book, but definitely that's how the like the canons and stuff like that work, I think. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just cool. I enjoyed the goat cart track. That's always a, a nice space to explore. I always enjoy when a, yeah. when like a, a film gets to like just shoot in a real place like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they ride cool go karts in Priscilla, don't they? That's so true. I don't think we got to that. Bumper bumper cars. Bumper cars. Okay, I'm not seen yet. Spoilers. <laughs> bumper cars. There's also the great one of the images. Because uh, I, I went back and looked at it again after I like finished watching all the shorts. And uh, later on in it, there's like these vertical lines. And I was like, what is this? This is just like crazy looking. And then when I went back, it's like, oh, it's just the, like, bl- the light coming in from the blinds. And there's like this image of a guitar in a dark room with just a little bit of light. And it's just tilted. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> it's repurposing. And like, you know, Amelia was saying, this sort of reflection of everything and kaleidoscopic uh image of it all yeah i don't know i maybe said this last year that this sort you know it this doing this exercise kind of makes me think about how the like you go to a festival and see it once with a bunch of other things is not a great uh venue not a great venue for experimental film and like this isn't necessarily the most uh you know in theory we could all watch these things several times but we also have three other ones to watch uh but yeah you know that it is like uh you know i've gotten to see uh you know i i've tried to make a little more of a habit of like watching things a few times and like I think he is a good person to do that. You know, I got to do it with Victoria Schmidt's film, which I wrote about. Uh, yeah, they, I, I feel like a lot of these just, like, kind of, you know, putting my money where my mouth is. of just, like, I really just like looking at these things and, like, continuing to look at them and getting more things out of them has been a cool experience. Andy, any thoughts? Yeah, uh, I I mean, yeah, it, it is, I don't think I have the, the appreciation of the flicker that you do. It, <laughs> like, I did find it a bit overwhelming, especially right at the start. I was like, oh, is the whole thing going to be like this? I'm not sure I can, can really take that. And it sort of calms down a little bit, I would say, after after a couple of minutes. Like, it, it feels more extreme right off the bat, and then sort of, like, you get more of a sense of, of some of the images, Um later on and yeah that the process of like trying to figure out like what am i looking at here uh is an interesting one i think to do with it with a film um and i also like 
the the use of like the of the different aspect ratios and stuff with like the images oh, yeah. that are mm-hmm. that are like taken from the world versus like the ones that are just more created from like lighter illustrations or however they're created um mm-hmm. uh is, is like interesting and makes you think about the images in, in, in interesting ways and like think about like oh this is where's where how what is the spatial relationship of all all, all this stuff um yeah i i mean yeah the, it, as usual with this sort of a thing like the stuff that is more concrete i'm I'm left with a little more like, I don't really know, like, oh, oh, I figured it out. And then I'm like, I don't really know what to do with it once I figured out, like, what is <laughs> what it is, which is fine. But, like, mm-hmm. I think that sort of, like, that that isn't, like, that that is maybe perhaps some of the cause why, like, stuff like this doesn't tend to stick with me. And, like, I probably won't remember any details about this in, like, a week or something and, like um i don't know it's, we'll it's quiz you yeah that's right you keep bring if you bring it up every week what is what does andy remember um <laughs> may, maybe i'll uh it can be a be, yeah. can be a new uh, weekly segment on the podcast well have um, you try and recreate it <laughs> that's right um <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it's it like it's like i i and, and i do appreciate like yeah it it definitely like it i'm not like feeling like oh this is interminable this needs to end right like the short suits it well it knows what it what it what it's you know it it creates an effective mood for for the time that it's running and i think there's certainly a lot that you can project and engage or there's a lot for you to engage with within it i think for sure yeah this is not gonna help explain why i uh like the flicker so much to you andy but yeah you know, uh, I should have worn my shades while I watched it. I guess is maybe what I should have done. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is. You're, yeah, it's like it absolutely is like overwhelming and like this really strong sensory experience that is like very different and just like jarring and like I find you know it is. I would not say that watching a flicker film is like. Uh, engaging in mind-altering substances but it is just like the thing that i find pleasant about those things is that you are just like it's like just changing the way that you are existing in the world and so that is kind of the like thing that i'm like oh this is like this like and in this case it's like this sort of more like uh, uh, rupturous, uh, ex- uh, sort of changing how you're existing in the world, but like having that sort of pulling you, uh, away into something, I, uh, I'm often craving. And there's no, unless you're, uh, you know, have some kind of light sensitivity, I'm not aware of any other uh, negative side effects of watching experimental uh, flicker films. Sure. I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, you can uh, gain more uh, light sensitivity stuff by, but... Maybe sure, I, yeah, I, right, and I, yeah, I don't know, like... Immersion therapy type. Right, if it does stuff to, like, your heart rate, or I'd be interested in, like, scientifically what happens. Yeah, uh, but, you know, I'm not, like, destroying my liver anyway. Sure, certainly. 
Yeah, there's, you know. Yeah, if you're addicted to <laughs> experimental short films, I think you're in the clear. One of the least harmful vices out there, for sure. I think the only thing is quantity that you might run out. I guess you can just make them. And like, uh, listen. I, I don't think you'd ever I don't you. think there's that much of a shortage of experimental short films in I'm the world. I'm just saying. There's a lot of it. They might be there. hard to find, but like, uh, but, I think they're yeah, out there. You know, there's uh, there's plenty of it sitting around on my hard drive. Sure, right. Or on YouTube. Yeah. Speaking of experimental short film. <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> Emilio. Yeah. So, my pick is um it's called last days in a lonely place it is by experimental filmmaker phil solomon uh the way this was presented to me when i first saw it a couple of days ago uh-huh. was just me talking to a friend who's and i mentioned shorts giving and they were like oh you should watch this short film i think you'd really like it uh there's a friend who is in film school right now so they were like we've been watching uh, some short films by this guy he's be sort of being presented to us in the same class as like stan brackage or other like legends of mm-hmm. experimental short film he phil solomon seems to be uh a uh protege of stan brackage mm. he a new york city guy then moves to boulder colorado in his late age his early films seem to be much more like if you've seen Stan Brackett's film, more more like that, which is just a lot of like futzing around with film, painting stuff on film strips, photochemically like mm-hmm. altering and damaging stuff. But then as he got became when uh, he entered his later age, he realized uh, it's funny that we had this conversation before this. That turns out messing with chemicals to make experimental short films can mess with your health. Okay, so. <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, the chemical. Right, the photo. Yeah, right, wear yeah. gloves. Dark wear gloves. Wear so masks. Ent- proper ventilation. Yeah. So the late period of his career, he entered this this period of making stuff in the style of as one in the internet would call machinima, which is <laughs> whoa, <laughs> yeah, I, let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, the word occurred to me while I was watching it. Certainly, I was it comes up when you look it, as well. it, it looks up, it comes up a lot when you mention him because I guess he is sort of the classiest version. Of <laughs> right? Yeah, you can do this, or you can make red versus blue. <laughs> yeah. So Andy doesn't know what machinima. I'm, machinima. I'm completely Ma- lost right now. <laughs> machinima is essentially the art of just like taking footage from video games and making okay. that into your own story so like sure. as colin said red versus blue is sort of the most famous <laughs> example of it it's like this popular ongoing like web youtube series that where these they, these people made this comedy out of just like fucking with halo so it's yeah. just like we okay. stand these two characters next to each other and we write dialogue on top of it and it's a sure story and it's so, just like you bob the head with a controller and it looks like they're talking right yeah. it's like they're wearing masks you don't have to have any mouth sure. movement or whatever <laughs> yeah, they just yeah, make yeah. a walkie-talkie filter where does yeah. the portmanteau come from uh is it machine what's 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 the mush machine and cinema machinima okay. sure uh that is what the Wikipedia page says, right. and so if you, obviously like it's used for a bunch of different stuff. A large segment of YouTube is people fucking around with video games and telling their own stories or whatever. Sure, Gary's mod is a popular thing on the internet. Other things, 
like yeah, I'm sure Minecraft has its, its uh, healthy amount of Certainly. that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so Phil Solomon uh, basically picked up Grand Theft Auto, messed around with it with some. Is machines. that what it's from? Yep. Yeah. Is it, it San Andreas? I was wondering which I one. I think it, was. it is San Andreas. I tried to look specifically which one because it it's is. so it's all Hollywood stuff. Yeah. So I think it is San Andreas, sure. and he basically made his own experimental short film machinima where he took footage from this video game and he messed it up so it seems sort of dark and brooding and melancholy and lonely which i think is a very good use of that sort of medium i think it's a it's an incredibly the evocative short film like I, i watched it and was like very struck by like yeah this is a sort of brilliant use of that sort of medium where I think it's maybe underused a lot, even though I do think there are good and a, a decent amount of like people in the f- medium of war uh, in the f- in film who have like messed around with this kind of stuff. I do think it's still underutilized. Where it's just like, yeah, the, the, if you can't, so if you sort of can't go out and make your own, yeah, yeah, for film sure. The, I know. The- uh, I you didn't watch and any and I didn't either of when uh, Celine song during lockdown no, did the, i think it was cherry orchard in some check yeah. yeah some check so yeah for sure there's different people who have been taking different approaches to this uh and yeah i i thought this one was fairly interesting i didn't love it it i guess i i think the thing it is doing it does very well but like the sort of like it's like so specifically replicating this like sort you know I like uh I don't even know uh Nicholas Ray at all but certainly the it's... last four words are in a lonely place of the title but then also like very uh Bellatar which I'm taking from uh a uh someone uh Evan Pincus someone on Letterboxd who I know uh whose review i read and it it is just like i i think it's doing that thing pretty well and it is interesting to do that thing but i became more interesting every time it sort of like either ran into failing to replicate any sort of like reality or like did something that you cannot do in reality like that there's that crazy shot on the bridge with the swooping camera that like you, I, maybe you could do with a crane or a drone but probably not uh, that yeah. it's just like that stuff is so much more interesting to me or like the the branches when like the um mm-hmm. collision boxes of the branches that are rolling around are not quite right yeah uh, and yeah, it also just like uh, streaming compression sucks. Uh, I think for like sure. noir stuff, it like particularly sucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm what sure what that, platform? That footage, is, what generation is uh, PlayStation Two? There's like two. a PlayStation okay. Two. I was like, yeah, because I like had no idea that it was actually <laughs> from a video game or whatever. And in my notes, I'm like, is this from Tomb Raider or something? Like, it is like, Whoa. uh, like because it was like you know, it was like a woman standing on the beach or something. And I was like, sure, sure. Yeah, um, I mean, but like that's the thing is like I am more interested. I I would like. I think I would probably like it more if I. Could 
could like see the seams of the PS2 graphics and like how that affects it rather than like sort of seeing it but having it mostly hazed over by the uh you know, and I do like it is also not high image quality but I I think that the the streaming compression hurts it more than the degradation or you know I don't know necessarily what he shot it in maybe OBS wasn't that good yet in 2007 but the the compression I think hurts it more than the image quality yeah. yeah, there's probably some of that to a certain extent. I guess it's just like, it's one of those things where I, I'm certainly not the only one, but I think as in video games, I think there is sort of this feeling of sort of approach, we're approaching peak graphics of just like, we're sort of hitting a nexus point of just like things cannot no longer uh-huh. look any much more realistic. I think there has been sort of a backwards looking interest of just like, Weren't video games kind of interesting looking when we were sort of trying to look realistic, but it actually was a little fucked up, like a PS2 game where everything was just like weird and blocky. And that is sort of an aesthetic I have become obsessed with recently, which probably aids in me being interested in this film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I absolutely agree that the like, uh, I, you know, I think that mimesis is like the worst thing you can do with computer generated imagery. Um, yeah. The uh, yeah, I I liked this. I did find like the mood pretty effectively. Yeah. Uh, communicated throughout. I did like. I liked the choice of the voiceover, like that. Um, the the audio quality of whatever the speech is about astronomy or whatever. It's is from just, like, Rebel Without a Cause. Uh, oh, yeah. I was gonna. It's when they're okay. they're watching, and then the question of like. The end of the world will come at night is from, mm-hmm. you know, he asked James Dean. He's like, that makes sense. Dawn. Sure. I mean, and yeah, that, not to cut you off, Andy, but that, okay. that, with the way that it sets it up at the beginning with that quote and then ends with it, really, I knocked me on my ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I figured it might have come from some, uh, because there's also, there's, there's dialogue from In a Lonely Place in it as well. Okay. And I think it's just like more Ray to pull from. Yep. Um, um, yeah, and, and hearing you just sort of describe, like, what it is, like, how I would be interested in, like, hearing a lot of, more about, like, the process of making that. Like, how do you, like, decide what you're going to shoot, quote unquote, and, like, how do you get there? Like, do you just play through the game and then decide, like, oh, I'm going to, like, pause and fuck around for a while and record it? Like, I, I, that process sounds, like, kind of interesting. Sandbox yeah, games. I, I, you I, can I just mean, walk around and do anything. Sure, yeah, and I am also just like very <laughs> curious like did Phil Solomon have to figure out like modding GTA or was he just yeah, using that, that I think so. Question. Yeah. Like, like I the, the, I the way the flames to, are showing yeah, up. I sort of yeah. have to think it's modded to some extent. I can't imagine it's just like baseline game but it is sort of crazy to think of like a 50 something year old Phil Solomon legend of experimental cinema being like let me pick up OBS yeah. and a bunch of like weird <laughs> uh, PS2 mods and yeah, rip this PS2 thing apart. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, the um, yeah, there's the the bit where it's like the building that's on fire. All those flames are very like look like they were set there. You know, like mm-hmm. the animation of a flame or whatever. Like like you were mentioning the tree that was rolling is like another thing. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like we we probably didn't like have the 
computer power to like emulate a PS2 on a computer, so that may not have even been an option at that. Yeah, point. and I don't even really. I don't think those games came out for PC at the time. Let's see. So maybe, yeah, yeah. Like, Rockstar is like notorious about like okay. taking a long time to put stuff on PC, so it's like. It is sort of fascinating. I tried to look for some information on how he made it, but beyond just like he like mm-hmm. took some Grand Theft Auto, I could not find it instantly. I'm sure he's given interviews or whatever. He taught for a long time. I'm sure this is not like secret knowledge. I'm sure this, this is, is stuff you can find somewhere. But uh, yeah, this is sort of emblematic of a problem I've been having lately, and a bit of a non sequitur detour but has googling things just become impossible yes. like to find uh, googling have google has become a worse product yes that is a thousand percent of things that has happened i feel like anytime i'm like has anyone ever written about any piece of art uh, you cannot find anything <laughs> no archival uh, information uh ask me and i'll do a jstor search sure okay <laughs> it's, it's just like it's trying to find any information about these movies it's like the most the f- most popular option is going to be like a medium page, yeah. Just some bozo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You'll, yeah. And when I say that, it is like you know they'll uh, stuff like uh, film comment and stuff like that will pop up on JSTOR. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I also I, I really loved it. Um, the some of the images that I, I talking about like how he captures it you can see the overlay of like the cell phone camera or whatever they have and uh i guess i don't know how far back that goes in gta i feel like they have that in san andreas. i think they had it in san andreas um and, and just like the, the overlay of that and like when it's using that or when it's just like using you could do this sort of like i know in I don't know when, you know, they implement this technology, but I know in GTA 5, there's, like, different camera options. You can do, like, a first-person view, or you can do third-person, and I don't... I, they might have that in mm-hmm. um, GTA San Andreas. Uh, and w- with that, with the first-person, you can just sort of walk around, and it's just, like... Right. And, and filming the environments, practically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, th- the thing of using it, like you were saying, Amelia, of, like, how accurate... Or how how att- attempting at this sort of like iconography in L.A. and like this weird, I guess like just distance from it with the polygons or whatever is very like it, it makes it feel like sadder <laughs> and uh, I-, I think the ending is just like it's it's so it's so perfect and there's like a shot early on uh, I don't know what the song is but they're like playing some. So it's like one of the only instances of like a real song being played and uh it's just like light through a window and the way like the everything else has been so dark and it's just like how do you get that in QT? You know, that's what I want to know. It's like you where do you find the the sunset indoors animation? <laughs> yeah. And like a church or whatever. Yeah. If someone was like we're screening a DCP of this after uh, in a lonely place or able without a cause sure. I'd be like 100% there sounds great uh, yeah. if we care it uh, GTA San Andreas was released for the PC about a year after the PS2 version so probably oh. he was able yeah, to he probably could have got yeah, one probably got, got the PC version where you, yeah, could, that's awesome. you could probably fuck it with it more than you could on the yeah. PS2 yeah. which would have been crazy sure um, yeah. But it's uh, like, but, yeah, all all his work of this vein, I just like I'm looking at descriptions of the movie, and I'm like, this sounds great, like a remake of Andy Warhol's Empire in GTA Four. 
there a reading of someone else a reading of a james joyce poem by john houston with footage of skyrim and it's just like yeah that sounds good that sounds interesting to me yeah you know he made another gta one also right um uh yeah he made uh what's the other one called this this one is sort of like a this this one sort of has like a sister piece that is called still raining still dreaming there was another artist who had made a film in GTA 5, and I can't remember what it was. Um, this sounds familiar to me also. I will, I will try and find it if I can. I believe... But it's like, yeah, it's just like one of those things to me where it's yes. just like, it seems like such a fruitful place where it's just like, yeah, you have sort of like a virtual depiction of the real world that you can sort of fuck with to your, to your liking, so you can just like find whatever artistry you want to within theirs and if, if that's like editing of weather then and i and like at the end you can just put it into premiere and edit it the same way you would edit a movie and fuck it with mm-hmm. it the same way you fuck with it at that point yeah uh, i i saw um some of yes. Miriam benani's films uh at, they did uh they were in the gallery uh as part of wavelengths last year that weren't done uh there was a, like a, a series of things with like cgi animals that i don't think they were done in a video game but they were done in more that like top level like here's just some like uh characters you can fuck around with and have them do stuff like I like think an there engine was like, like unity or like unreal or something like something that, sure yeah i'm sure i'm sure i could um i the alan butler recreated shot for shot koyana scotty in gta 5 and this is like a thing that is only shown and not really like uh-huh there's i can't i couldn't find a link to it i was looking but i want to see it so bad mm-hmm. would you just watch I, it on I mean, its own or would you watch it side by side with the original i would just watch it on its own it's a shot for shot recreation i know what it looks like sure colin has koyana scotty in his mind uh, yeah, that is, yeah, that's one of those, like, oh, this is, like, close my eyes, I see Koyana Scotsy <laughs> flying over the water through the canyons, yeah. And I'm not surprised, it co- I mean, Andy liked this one, because he is the most gamer out of all of us. <laughs> that's right. I haven't played a video game in a long time, but maybe I'll get one for Christmas and I'll play it. It, honestly, after I finished it, I was like, I should fire up GTA Five again. <laughs> Just drive around, see how it's looking. Yeah. I don't think I would yeah. like those games. But- Check on Tom. <laughs> Probably not. Um, and it is also also interesting how just much it reminded me of just like Silent Hill. Where I'm just like, I guess if you just took a sort of world and you just cranked the fuzz and the this seems kind of fucked up meter all the way, you sort of arrive at Silent Hill. Yeah, which is sort I mean, of it like really... another aesthetic thing I've become obsessed with recently. Yeah, like Andy mentioned, the sort of atmosphere it creates is so haunting, and it really the the thing that I was thinking of the most, maybe superficially, was uh, Southland Tales. <laughs> it's been on my mind a lot, but it's also just sure. like always. I yeah, uh, I was like, I get yeah, some of the more. Um, like otherworldly stuff in Twin Peaks season three came to mind. For me. Sure, I mean, yeah, the return obviously a little, uh, yeah, obvious probably. Yeah, I mean, that's what I for sure thought. Of. I for yeah. sure was thinking of Lynch a little. I also did not want to be like person who's seen one experiment. Right, short this film, is but Lynchian, it, right? Yeah, but, exactly. I mean, beyond <laughs> that, I was also like, it reminds me a little bit of Meshes of the Afternoon, which is also like, sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, 
They should recreate that in GTA 5. That would be awesome. <laughs> I'm sure hey, you could do it. You know, if you... you if you're I'm looking cut for this out. I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah That'll fix Colin. everything, Colin. Yeah. yeah. Me, me and it's Colin great gonna, to have an activity. Gonna, yeah, me and Colin are going to tour around our GTA 5 remake. Of yeah. Mission of the Afternoon at festivals. Yeah, a guy who didn't give it a very high rating on Letterboxd. <laughs> yeah, you're going to make it better. Uh, that would yeah. be great if we uh, transitioned to we're a podcast about talking to being invited to film festivals to screen <laughs> our movies. I mean, That's yeah, the pivot. we did a year-long project of like, we're submitting to this one, and we got rid of Oh, sure, not even being invited, just a year, we're just going to try. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's about getting, about Literally. getting rejected. Yeah, we in, we invite uh, like programmers onto the podcast, saying we're gonna interview them, and then we just like please, 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 please. Yeah, <laughs> put me up in a hotel, please. <laughs> I want the swag bag. Give me Sunday swag. I need a down jacket. <laughs> Right. Time for my short? Colin? Yeah, I think it is time for Colin. <laughs> All the way back to 1963. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I forgot the conceit that these had to be shorts from film festivals, but luckily, like so. this did oh, play. Uh, it played at a, it won a West Germany Film Festival Award. Okay. So That's uh, the... Which West is... Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Jesse held up two L's. <laughs> no, I was just, I was I'm like, no. I know you gotta flip it. It's not. <clears throat> but uh, yes, uh, Mel Brooks and Ernest Pentoff collabed to make the critic a short film about a guy seeing an experimental short film mm-hmm. and he's complaining about it. And it's Mel Brooks doing sort of like Yiddish voice and just saying yeah. like, what's this? What's this a symbol for? It's a symbol for garbage. Yeah. And like just sort of riffing on the images. Yeah. I th- yeah it's and uh, I saw this, uh, I think last year, maybe the year before last um, at the recommendation or it was a part of a, a an online film club and uh, we watched it. And it's mm-hmm. great, and I was just like, you know, it's funny, Vimber. Gotta pick a funny short, and uh, this sure. is the first one that came to my mind. Yeah, and it is it's... quite short. It is less. Yeah, than that's four a great, long. a great feature <laughs> of it. Certainly, you won. Yeah, this you is a nice little palate cleanser yeah. in between yeah. <laughs> two of yours. That's yeah. I did. I did watch it in between Emilio's and Jesse's because <laughs> I was like, this one will go down easy. Um, yeah. D- uh, do you know anything about the animator? I don't really know anything about him or like, like or his work or, um. I also like. I'm curious about the process of it. Like, did they just like show this to Mel Brooks and he did it live and like it was a one take <laughs> deal? Like, I would believe that. That seems like the kind of guy he was. Or was it like a little more like of a process for him to like to to, to do all the stuff? I you know I'm, I don't expect you to have the answers to this. Color, I can tell I you what Wikipedia told me, Andy. Hey, what, did, what did it tell you? <laughs> It is inspired by a real event, you know, allegedly, sure, allegedly, sure. <laughs> uh, where Mel Brooks was at a screening of an animated short by Norman McLaren, mm-hmm. and there was someone in the crowd complaining, mumbling to themselves sure. uh, about how there was no plot, and uh, Brooks was like, make something. Ernest Pentoff uh, animated works such as Phlebas. Um, Phlebas. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what's Fleebus. It's a six-minute animated work. 
Great. And you can watch it on YouTube.com. Really? Um, <laughs> they the... got it? <laughs> yeah. It and, and it's just... Yeah. <laughs> the... Um, it's just like they wanted a style that looked like sure. an abstract short art film. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then uh, he was just going to talk about it. But, I mean, it says that he improvised as he watched and that was like it was a mm-hmm. you know stream of consciousness monologue and like sure. the but there's moments where it like syncs up right like I, it's been a while since i watched it but i feel like there's like moments where it's, you didn't unless rewatch being it that to quick for today I, I i remember it well it's a very memorable <laughs> short Okay. When he, I, <laughs> I mean, I guess I could have. It's like three minutes long. Yeah. I'd seen it before. <laughs> I'd seen it. I, I, what do you mean? I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just surprised that you were like, it's not worth it. <laughs> well, it wasn't that it wasn't worth it. I just, I picked it because I remembered it sure. well. I okay. was like, this is a great okay. one. Okay. I have no beef. I have no, I'm not, I'm not accusing you of malpractice. No one's anyway. But I mean, so I, uh, yeah. What, 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 what do we all think? Yeah, it's fun. I, it's I feel like guy. this also, I would, I feel like this would be cool to just like throw in the middle of a program of experimental sure. shorts. Yes. I, and in general, little... I just think it would be more fun to watch in a theater. Like I, I found it entertaining, but was not like laughing at it. Watch, which is, you know, you, I don't often laugh at things sitting in uh my house but it sure. happens <laughs> i definitely i chuckled a couple times when he's when he says like he must be over 30 to have gotten the that was to make yeah this or that whatever. Was I like this. That. he's like doesn't he have a job shouldn't he drive <laughs> right. a truck or something right. yeah, yeah that that was... do something useful or whatever yeah uh, yeah <laughs> uh i thought that was good yeah and i do like it is interesting like there is like a little bit of debt like it when he uh, when there's there's the two figures that like come together and like it, it flashes colors and he's like oh it, like they must be in love or or whatever mm-hmm. I was like oh yeah. that's an interesting response I like got like a lot more of like a violent sort of clashing from that imagery mm-hmm. like and so it was like there was some tension with like what I was getting from the actual images versus what the Mel Brooks character was getting from the images that I thought, I thought was there like, was some oh that's interesting going on for sure. Sure, maybe I'm just, you know, I, I, my mind doesn't work that way, I guess, which is uh, my default uh, de- um, defect, not not anyone else's. Um, but um, but yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it's I think it's 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 cute and funny. And, uh, you know, um, it, it does like I do believe that just the images alone would be some sort of experimental animated short that like someone would be like, I, you know. I'm playing around with shapes and colors. And, yeah, I think and, it would be a pretty pleasant sort of little stop motion thing. I yeah, I almost do like it a little less knowing that it was Brooks being like, make a thing for me to raz rather than someone being like, I'll just make a thing and then I'll get Mel Brooks to raz it. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 perfectly I it's good. I like it. It's nice. It's funny. I What's do your... like the the shapes and the colors. And sure. the... Jesse, I'm curious. You... Go, go. No, you go ahead, Amelia. This is sort of a, a weird non sequitur that is about the short, but it's sort of a very Emilio thought of just like, have you ever thought sometimes that it's crazy to hear a person you are now familiar with as an old person sure. do a fake young, old voice? As a young <laughs> person <laughs> sound old. Mm-hmm. Sure. Where yeah. I was, when I was watching it, I was like, I know this is Mel Brooks, and I know he's old, but he, this was 60 years ago, so he right. couldn't have been yeah. that old. 
He says he's 70 at one point in it. Um, yeah. 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 So I was just like, what's happening? Well, it's also funny because he's like, and I'm about to die. And I'm like, Mel Brooks is like 90 something and like still yeah, going strong. Still uh, um, yeah. If you're, you know, if you're into that effect, uh, go watch some old SNL episodes, you know, 70s, yeah. Dan Aykroyd or uh, Bill yeah. Murray playing that. Um, Jesse, uh, I, or, yeah, go, you go ahead, Amelia. No, I, okay. I thought it was it was like mildly pleasant. It was a good time. It was funny to consider this sort of like time period. I guess this is sort of a, an, an eternal old person thing of just like arriving at a place, not liking what was happening, but also not leaving. Just yes. deciding to stay there and make comments. <laughs> yeah. Being yes. Like, I guess I was at the wrong place. I'm going to get up and leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's a funny idea. Yeah. And there is, like, the presence of other people. Like, other people are yeah. shushing him. Mm-hmm. Like, there's that element, which is, like, you know. Uh, yeah, he's like, I paid my $2. Right, yeah. <laughs> which, back then, $2 for that much of a short? Is it- sure, yeah. Why well, I think it was, it's, it's before a- something. Oh, yeah, sure. I think He's he like, does. I came here I to see a French movie, it. and they're yeah, playing this right, before right, it. Right, right, right. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And I saw it a year ago, and you don't remember it, Andy? <laughs> I wasn't attacking you. You didn't <laughs> stop defending yourself. There was no wrongdoing. I am <laughs> um, curious, Jesse, what your general relationship with Mel Brooks is. I feel like we've never talked exactly about Exactly nothing. Have, you have I have no opposition to uh, him. I have absolutely no opinions. relationship. I, sure. I would, you know, I would imagine there would be Mel Brooks movies I would like and Mel Brooks movies that I wouldn't based on how people react to Mel Brooks. Uh, but sure. You haven't seen any of the features? Not a single one. Wow. That's so crazy. Certainly, yeah. It's it is, but no, it's never happened. You know, it's still Sunny November. Uh, yeah, right. the night's a puppy. <laughs> hey, we'll run up blazing saddles right after this. <laughs> sure. Yeah, Boy, you know, I, you I couldn't think, make that today. A... You know, it's <laughs> I haven't seen a ton. You know, I've seen the producers, I've seen Blazing Saddles, I've seen Young Frankenstein, I've seen I guess I have seen more than I thought now that Space I'm Spaceballs, yeah. I've, not I've seen only Space not, Balls. Seen You've two. not seen two. I've seen, seen... <laughs> not only have I seen no movies that he directed, I've seen a single movie in which he has an acting credit. <laughs> Can anyone guess what that movie is? It's some like animated movie, right? <laughs> Is it Hotel Transylvania 2? No. No. Is he in, like, The Croods, or am I misremembering? <laughs> Maybe, but no. Cloris Leachman is in The Croods. I don't yeah. Know is. Isn't he, like... He will, like, some you're in the you're, you're too You're too recent. I wouldn't watch animated movies that recent. That's you true. had to think <laughs> when I was a child. I don't know. What is Mel Brooks? <laughs> I didn't remember he was in the movie, I guess. Is he, is I think... he in, like, Ants? Is he in something That's like that? That's closer. But what now you're too that? early. Too early? He is not even the, like, main comedic uh, personality in this wow. movie. What? Is he There's in it with, a like, Carl Reiner one. or something? Or, like... What? Is Carl Reiner also in it or something? No, or? no way. Is like, he in some huge. piece of shit like Delgo or something? No. Is he in Robots? Yep. He is is that it? That's it. You've seen awesome. Robots. <laughs> I've also seen Robots. I don't I remember. Saw robots I saw Robots at the drive-in. 
<laughs> I was taken to see robots because my uh, my brother had been invited to see it for uh, a friend's birthday party, and I was jealous. Sure. Yeah. I definitely remember yeah. being hyped on the cast of robots before I saw robots. Yeah, you got Robin Williams and uh, Ewan McGregor, Amanda Bynes. Sure. Amanda Bynes would have been huge for me at the time. Paul Giamatti. Right. Oh, is Giamatti the villain? I don't know. He He's like, no, he's Tim the Gate Guard. Who's the villain? Uh, is it, is it Jim Broadbent as Madam Gasket? No, Jim Broadbent's Jim Madam Gasket. Holy Madame fuck. Gasket. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I don't know. Maybe Brooks is the villain. I don't know. Oh, I'm thinking Aunt Fanny, not Madam Gasket. <laughs> Aunt Fanny's Jennifer Coolidge, right? Yeah, yeah. of course. So. Who who is the villain of robots? <laughs> um, man, Andy, what what's your relationship to Mel Brooks? David oh, Lindsay love... a bear co-wrote the robots. Oh, I think I did know that. <laughs> That's I think I did really know that. Funny. His screen credits are interesting. Sure. Um. Uh. I love Mel Brooks. I mean, it, you know, is a classic like. We watched Young Frankenstein. Like that was like a. Andy, my, my... sorry to interrupt, yeah. but the bad guy in robots is Phineas T. Ratchet, voiced by Greg Kinnear. Mm. Of course, Kinnear. Okay. it is of course Greg Kinnear. Um, yeah, I was just saying, like Young Frankenstein was like a movie. Like my parents watched me, sat me down, and were like, "We're watching Young Frankenstein tonight." Like sort of, mm-hmm. like it's important that you see this in the way that they showed me, like Little Shop of Horrors and oh. some other movies, but. According to Wikipedia, <laughs> Madam Gasket is evil. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's blowing a gasket. Of course she's evil. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I mean, I, yeah, I, I you know, Blazing, Blazing Saddles was, was never a fave, but I, you know, that was also when I saw Young. I remember, like, getting, like, silent movie on VHS and mostly just being kind of confused by it. Um, uh, obviously, I remember catching the very end of Spaceballs at a party, uh, that my parents took me to, like, two hours away in in Utica, or outside of Utica, and having that one spoil the end of Planet of the Apes for me, because the end of Spaceballs is a Planet of the Apes parody. <laughs> oh, is that true? Yeah. Um, and then, like... I just, it, just that, the very, the very last joke is just, like, the Planet of the Apes ending, and then, like, someone got up and was like, that was a funny movie, and I was like, oh, it's a funny movie, I should catch it sometime. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I like Mel Brooks, he's an important cultural figure. Producers, of course, was the first Broadway show I ever saw on Broadway, mm-hmm. so that's, like, a very important show to Whoa. me on many levels, um, and I defend that movie, the musical movie, as well. Uh, the original one? movie is crazy. Oh, the music movie. It's pretty works. crazy. I mean, yeah, the original movie is great also. Like, I have no beef with the original movie. Um, but yeah. The movie looks really crazy. Um, I watched a lot of comedy movies when I was younger, mm-hmm. and I watched all, most of the Mel Brooks canon. Mm-hmm. I've only seen Spaceballs once and Robin Hood Men in Tights once. I haven't seen um, Men in Tights. There's a few I'm missing. I've not seen Twelve Chairs or Life Stinks. I've Those are the chairs. only two I've not seen. I haven't I like seen that Life title. Stinks. Twelve Chairs is that... interesting. It's not a spoof at all. Uh, yeah, it's just so a movie. It's a, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, yeah, I do. Silent remember... movie I watched recently. That one's really funny. Yeah, some problematic elements oh, to really? it, <laughs> but it's really funny. Yeah, 
Um, I do like. I also like in the the way that I was like, why would I watch any normal movie when I could watch a spoof of that kind of movie and like get all I need to get plus a lot of laughs? So like, yeah, it's also important. And like, I'm like, oh, I've got basic film literacy. I don't need to watch any horror movies. I've seen Young Frankenstein sort of way. Like, um, yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, that's I yeah. I think I watched like Blazing Saddles after liking the Three Amigos a lot and. Sure. Like, my family was like, you should see Blazing Saddles next. Blazing Saddles is a movie, like, every, like, once in a while, I'll be like, is that movie actually funny? And then I'll go back and be like, it's got some jokes. Yeah. There's some good, I there's haven't some good s- stuff in Blazing Saddles. I've seen Young Frankenstein more recently, and that one is very funny. Young Frankenstein uh, is just great. Yeah, the so first one I probably watched, I think I watched Robin Hood Men in Tights on PBS once. Yeah. Which is a yeah. weird movie. I, I have the uh the Chappelle, of yeah. course, with the, the Adidas or no Reeboks. Reeboks oh. maybe that he's pumping. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Reeboks, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have the uh the, the Blu-ray box set that's like the Mel Brooks collection. That's like most of his movies. Um and I should just like go through and watch all of them one day. Uh I famously uh, watched History of the World Part One to prep for History of the World Part Two and still have like three History of the World Part Twos left to watch. But I do think it's pretty funny. Um Oh, and I'd seen. I was a big Leslie Nielsen. I had seen sure. uh, Dracula Den loving, loving it a few times. I haven't seen that and one. And that one, it's solid. Right. It's got some jokes. It was always. It was not my favorite when I was a kid, even. Sure. Yeah, it's, I need to watch more. There's a lot of like, like that era of like that kind of comedy. That I just, I've never like I've never seen the Naked Guns or like the Hot Shots, which I should sure yes. Yeah, so I, I do seen... like I do love Airplane, but I'm not seeing yeah. the rest of that kind of stuff. Yeah, Zaz. and I, obviously Mel Brooks, you know, supporter of art cinema, you know, sure early early supporter of David Lynch. Yeah, producer of Elephant Man. Yep, so true. Brooks films. And with that, yeah, let's close the brook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got Oops. some. Uh, we did it. Yeah, we've got. Uh, I think a bonus-sized uh, special presentations, at least from some of us. Sure. Yeah. How do we want to do this? You, do you, both of you want to pop off? Sure. I. You go before me, Cullen, just in case. Me? Okay. Yeah. What do I have to plug? Um, this is the thing. Is there's a, there's a, you know, I don't know if this is going to be what you pick, but you could get me down from uh, three to two. I'm going to plug... I think I talked about jazz last week, but I've just been on such a jazz mm. kick. Um, and, you know, similar to our discussion of experimental film... I've been getting into experimental composer and jazz musician, Anthony Braxton. Do we know Anthony Braxton? I don't. I don't I, Jesse, you would love I'm this sure. guy. He's got an album called Two Al- or Four Alto, uh, where all the song it's just an, an entire album of a saxophone solo, and they're all sort of dedicated, and one of them is to composer John Cage. Mm. And he also does a lot of the like graphical uh you know, titling for his pieces. And like, he created this whole different, uh, musical notation. It's like an expansion of normal notation and head and, and like sheet music, but it's all like, you see people performing it, singing it. And it's, 
uh, it, when you it, they'll show the sheet music along with it, and it's like R with a line through it, and it's just like moving up and down the bars, and they're go everyone singing's going like R R R R R. It's so crazy, <laughs> but he has this album, New York Fall, nineteen seventy four. That is incredible, and just it sounds so crazy. But uh, as I've been getting deeper and deeper into the jazz hole, I've fallen to the experimental stuff, the avant-garde sure. jazz. Sounds great. I'm gonna have to maybe skip there. Uh, all right. Well, then now I can go. Um, I've got uh, a film, a play, and. Uh, a thing. Uh, oh. I guess I'll go in chronological order. Uh, the film is the 2012 film by the Farrelly brothers, The Three Stooges. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Trium. Uh, they did The Three Stooges in 2012. That's just it's what so it crazy. is. <laughs> That's How the are whole thing. the Stooges in it? What are, what's, the, what's your Stooges ranking? I, of the performances I, or of just the Stooges? I, they, Either way. Uh... Performances all equal. They're all just doing the thing they're supposed to do. Uh, and Stooges also all equal. They're the Stooges. Wow. I mean, you know, we love true, Curly. True equality. <laughs> we love I don't want to piggyback on your, on your plug. But if I may quickly about the Three Stooges 2012. Uh-huh. People like to talk about... You know, oh, this movie was supposed to have Benicio Del Toro and Jim Carrey. Those A-list Hollywood people would not have put their careers on the line <laughs> the way that Will Sasso, Sean Hayes, and Chris Dimitopoulos, butchering his last name, do put their careers and their lives on the line. That. Is a crazy I trio. Think Jim Carrey literally did put his life on the line by gaining well, a bunch of no. He, he uh, <laughs> started to do that and then explicitly uh, was unwilling to. Yeah, uh, yeah. He I don't should know. have gone I, Jared I, Leto I, Chapter Twenty Seven mode to play Curly. Yeah, I you know I want to see that version, uh, but. I I, don't, I guess you just Chris think we Stein, should get a three I, stooges a year, right? Well, yes, you know it can year. be a short, but yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the movie is three shorts. <laughs> yes. uh, I I guess Chris Diamantopoulos is maybe slight. There, there's moments where I'm like, I don't know if this is Mo. Uh, whereas like Hayes and <laughs> sure. Sasso are like 100. percent This is I mean, Curly and Larry. The black box theater scene is so yeah, fucking good. It's, so good. I, it's unbelievable how good that is. Well, great transition. Uh, I guess this wasn't this isn't quite a black in a black box, but uh, at the studio theater in uh, sure. Washington D.C., Logan Circle, I saw a recent Pulitzer Prize winner, Fat Ham, uh, and just truly, truly incredible. It is. Uh, you know, I was like, oh, I'll go see it. It won the Pulitzer, but I, and I think the, the artistic director in the, his, in the program was like, I'm always kind of skeptical of like a modern take on Shakespeare. Uh, and this just like 100% nails it. It is, it is Hamlet, but, uh. It, you know, he, uh, James I. James, the playwright, just, like, completely locked in. Whole cast also locked in. Uh, and, yeah, it's the the sort of, like, 
the changes, the the very, you know, the actual like changes to the sort of structure of Hamlet are very specific. I mean, the main main thing, I guess, is uh, making all three of uh, Hamlet, Ophelia, and Laertes gay, kind of necessitating switching how the love interest functions, uh, which that works perfectly. Uh, but then also, and like the way that he deals with like soliloquies and uh, with the like managing to like do meta stuff without ever feeling too cute. There's a really um, incredible moment that the uh, uh, Deirdre, I believe, is the name of the Gertrude analog, gets towards the end with a, a bit of like direct to audience uh, that I loved. And that, that there's also like. Uh, the end is incredible and like the way that the sort of uh ovation is built into it and there's like a bit in the middle where uh juicy who is the hamlet analog uh does karaoke to the radiohead song creep uh, and also like the the specific way they were using the theater and like i was in the very front row and there was a point at which like the ghost was standing like two feet away from me talking and like a point at which Ophelia had just arrived. Uh, not Ophelia. Uh, what is the name of the, I can't remember the name of the Ophelia uh, analog, but was like sitting two feet away from me, like picking at the turf. Uh, really just incredible experience. And then uh, last night I read uh, it's in, in Harper's Magazine, written by Ben Lerner. It's a, uh, I think the, the label on the website is just experiment. Uh, it's called the Hoffman Wobble, which is, uh, it seems, you know, some sort of autofiction-y, essay-y thing about, uh, that is, you know, it, uh, necessitates being autofiction and that it is the stuff that it, it, it the, the, it's about, uh, the sort of early days of Wikipedia editing and like the, uh, a sort of like internship that the character has in 2006 or a, a fellowship at Berkeley and just like, uh, I, you know, you certainly are wondering like, Clearly, all of the details are like changed because the stuff going on is like it. It you know the stuff going on is like crazy. It's about like uh, uh, how quickly like Wikipedia just like started to infiltrate the sort of public consciousness and how easy that was at that point to sort of manipulate and whether that actually you know it's just it's it's great and you know uh with the uh sort of backdrop of the uh uh war on terror uh it's 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 great uh, it's like a 30 minute read uh it's just all you know i'm sure there's some limit of how many it looks like you get two free harper articles a month so unless you're reading a bunch of harpers you ought to be able to just uh read this for free i guess here's the little bonus i found a little app 
on my phone where uh, one of the options now, if I click on share for an article, is just to send it to my Kindle. It's called KTool, I think. So a uh, little bonus. I read it on my Kindle because the app sent it there. Yeah, Kate. Right. All right. Andy, Amelia. <laughs> Probably Amelia. <laughs> uh, sure. Since I know Andy has a lot of stuff, I'll just break it up with something short. Uh, I'm going to plug uh, MJ Linderman and the Wind Live and Loose. MJ Linderman is uh, sort of a guitar indie rock guy from North Carolina. He's put out some m- music I liked, he put out a live album. Uh, last week that is sort of like it's sort of like the best his music has ever sounded uh, and that is very cool and I enjoyed listening to so yeah and the wind live and loose MJ Lenderman people should listen to it um, yeah Andy. I was in New York City last weekend and so I got to uh, you know I, I did my annual Friendsgiving which was always a wonderful event shout out to Palooza uh, but also um, was was able to see some theater, uh, and so I I saw the revival of Monty Python's Spamalot, which was uh, very funny. Oh. That was a it was a perfect like I just got in off a seven hour travel day or whatever, and like I just need something to like entertain me for two and a half hours. Uh, it's you know. It, it, a, a great cast. Leslie Critcher Rodriguez is really, really funny as the Lady of the Lake, a uh, fantastic singer. Um, you know, Taryn Killam playing most of the uh, the, the Cleese roles. Uh, uh, Lancelot and, and, and uh, you know, the knight who says knee and uh, Enchanter Tim. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Nick Walker, very good as Galahad. Um, yeah, just like a really f- fantastic uh, cast. And like, they haven't done much to spam a lot it's like you know i saw the original tour and then like saw it on broadway i think with clay aiken when i was in college <laughs> um as sir robin um that's michael yuri in this production who's, who's who's very funny um but yeah i mean that show like that's another like that on that trip to new york that first trip to new york where we i saw producers my first broadway show i had wanted to see spam a lot but that was like the original cast and like it was sold out so we we settled for for the producers instead. Um, uh, yeah. And then on Saturday, I did a Sondheim double feature. Uh, I saw his final show, Here We Are, at The Shed, um, which is a new venue that is in Hudson Yards, which we don't need to talk about. But, um, Uh-oh. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, it's, I mean, yeah, it's fine. Uh, but uh, the show itself... You're clearly think, not fine. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing has uh, ever been less fine than the day. <laughs> At Hudson Yard. <laughs> Listen, um, it's not my New York. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Back to how we described it's you earlier nice. this episode. <laughs> In the my city anymore. That's why I left. That's right. Maybe. Um, uh, the, um, yes, yeah, so it's the final show that Sondheim, it's, uh, it's adapted loosely from two Bunuel films. Um, uh, the Discreet Char- Charm of the Bourgeoisie and the Exterminating Angel. Both of which sure. I, like, have seen 
since I knew that those were the basis of of this this mm-hmm. musical. So it's been a couple of years because it's been in uh-huh. development for a long time. But like I've seen those, and it like it does adapt them in like interesting ways. It like it makes it modern and sets it in a vague America um, sort of place. And David Ives is his collaborator who wrote the book. Um, and I think it is like it's a really naughty interesting like very thematically deep work uh i'm still sort of unpacking it but i found it incredibly moving uh there's a scene between david hyde pierce uh and rachel bay jones towards the end of the second act where uh it's it's pretty deep in the second act at a certain point like it runs out of songs uh like you know like maybe 20 or 30 minutes into the second act and then like the last 45 minutes to an hour there's no songs um, and so this, this scene sort of towards the end, I think is like, it's, this is the exterminating angel section where they're all just stuck in a room and they can't leave for reasons that no one can articulate or understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so David Hyde Pierce and Rachel Bay Jones are just sitting, uh, like next to, in an armchair. He is they've They've run long since run out of food and he's resorted to eating, uh, paper, uh, from mm-hmm. books as like a snack mm-hmm. is like a popcorn sort of snack uh, and there's like a fire a real live fire on the floor which is really you sort of always I find pretty thrilling in a theatrical context because you're like oh my god he's getting so close and he's wearing a robe like what if he accidentally lights himself on fire like that that tension is always uh uh interesting to me as an audience member of like something really could go very wrong here you know um uh and yeah they have a, a really interesting and tricky and complex conversation i think about like what it is to be alive and what you're what like if if you're gonna leave a mark or not that i think in light of the fact that that scene was written by someone whose collaborator passed away Mm -hmm. in the process of creating this show has like such deep thematic resonance for me and like i found incredibly Mm -hmm. uh moving and i'm still ruminating on it and uh i look forward to uh to 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 unpacking it for for years to come there's yeah. a there's a recent plug uh, for columns. I didn't even know that they did uh, theater reviews, but oh, nice. last week uh, I forget who wrote it, but put out uh, a piece on you were here that uh, was really good. Yeah, um, and then uh, I saw Merrily We Roll Along, the new revival um, uh, with Jonathan Groff, Daniel Radcliffe, um, Lindsay Mendez was out, so I saw her understudy uh, as Mary Flynn. But um, talk about You're a show. Pissed. I mean, I you know, it. They're advertising the show as like you'll not believe the chemistry of these three leads or whatever. So it was like a little bit of a letdown when one of them was out. But I have no real complaints. Like I, the show was excellent. Uh, that show, uh, it's long been like basically my favorite Sondheim score. If I'm pressed, like just on score alone. Um, the rest of the book, uh, it has its highs and lows. I think, but this is the best the book has ever worked for me. Like, I really, like, it similarly, like, the thematic uh, sort of examination of, like, where did where did you go wrong? Where did you lose your way? Mm-hmm. Is, like, really deftly unpacked in this production, I think. And, like, and it offers you, like, multiple points throughout that you're like, oh, maybe it was here, or maybe it was here, or maybe it was this, or maybe it was that. Like, and, and you sort of see how it all unraveled, and, like... The thematic conceit of the show, right, is that it goes backwards in time, mm-hmm. right? It starts at the end of the, uh, or, or it presents an ending of the story that is a very dark, bleak, like, bitter, mm-hmm. this friendship has dissolved sort of place. And then it goes mm-hmm. back to a place of, like, pure optimism and hope and, like, 
bordering on schmaltz like you know the the mm-hmm. final number is called our time and it's a bunch of like you know 18 year olds on the roof like looking at sputnik and being like the world <laughs> is ours everything's changed like we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna take it all over and like the there is a examination of the show that you can do that is like well yeah it has to end that way otherwise like the audience is gonna be like this is absolutely miserable or whatever but i do think like there is something i think in there's there there's something much deeper i think in in going back and examining it and looking at time from that perspective mm-hmm. uh that uh that that makes me be like this is yeah this is actually like a real true like artistic thematic choice and not just a choice to like make it not end on the bummer t- of all bummers that like no one would ever buy a ticket to see or whatever uh and also but the tension in that like is a part of the thematics of the show too of like popular art and like what do people want to see and like what, what is it to compromise to make art for the masses and, and all that sort of so there's so much in it i love it so much uh there's a new cast album out there that you can listen to which is excellent I've, i haven't listened to all of it but i have listened to a bunch of it daniel radcliffe's franklin shepherd inc is, is pretty astounding uh merrily roll along at the at the hudson theater okay. um you know i spent too much money but i have no regrets <laughs> Um, maybe we'll have, you know we might have some more Sondheim talk at some point uh, next year because I, I do have a ticket to company now oh yeah at the Kennedy Center yeah love his thank company. you to the Today Ticks Black Friday sale we love it shout out to Today Ticks well and with that uh, yeah. Great. As always, yeah. Thank once again. Thank you for uh, joining us for shorts giving. I think it was a great one. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I hope you find you know. If, as we always like to say, if you you know you can find you always find the time to duck away from your family for. Uh, in this case, this year, four to twenty five minutes. I think is what or twenty minutes or something like that. Uh, to watch a short. Um, and whoa. It, what? Robin Kimpia brought in the sweet potato casserole. <laughs> sure. I forgot about that bit. Um, Not me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and yeah, uh, send us your favorite shorts. Uh, I don't know. We, I don't know. Send, send us your favorite yeah, shorts. Sure. Email us. Yeah, Email us your absolutely. favorite shorts. Uh, donate to our coffee. Uh, we love you all. Happy Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Like Frank. And with that, I will release our audience. Bye. 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 Goodbye. What was that from? Oh, Three Stooges, of course. <laughs>